Hi, I'm Danielle Bassan and welcome back to another episode of Tiny Tots Defying the Odds. Each episode touches upon the miraculous journeys of each guest, from medical emergencies and personal crises to parenthood and entrepreneurship. These are the stories and testimonies of great might and metal, and I can't wait to share them with you. Today, my next guest is truly inspirational, all the way from South Africa, Tasman Ebota. Tasman's son was born at 28 weeks gestation, weighed only one kilogram at birth. She is the founder and executive director of Premi Connect, a non-governmental parent-led organisation providing support and raising awareness of prematurity. Since launching, they have grown and are big advocates on the premature community. Premi Connect are also proud parent representatives for the Global Alliance for Newborn Care. Today I talked to Tasman about the highs and lows of her son's NICU experience how she juggles being a mum of now three, a wife and mumpreneur. So here is Tasman on the Tiny Tots to Find the Odds podcast. Thank you so much, Danelle. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Always love talking about prematurity. So happy to have you on here. The honour. First of all, you have such a remarkable journey and story. And I just want you to tell the audience a bit about yourself and your journey into the NICU experience and, and being a mum to 28-week premium, what was that like for you? Okay, so as Danielle said, my name is Tasman Boita and I'm from South Africa. And my premium journey was very unexpected. I was actually involved in a car accident six weeks prior to my premium being born, which I totally believe is the reason my baby ended up coming early. And I was thrusted into a world that I had heard of. I I actually do have some family members that had had premature babies. But the thing about prematurity is that nobody speaks about it. So it was essentially a new world that I was thrusted into. And it was a roller coaster ride. And my preemie is now five years old and we are still in the midst of dealing with the side effects of being born too soon. Wow. What was that like for you, you know, just coming out of a car accident from one trauma to the next and then you're having to deal with your son being in the NICU journey and I'm sure there was many obstacles you had to face. So what were some of the obstacles you had to face within that moment? So... The funny thing is, I think it was just when I started to relax after the accident, when it all happened, like I thought the worst was going to happen. And when nothing did happen, I was like, okay, we're all good. I even still went up for follow-up appointments at a different doctor just to make sure that everything was okay and everything was okay. And it felt like I just, just when I took a sigh of relief was when my placenta abrupted. And I had to be rushed to a hospital and I was on the other side of town. I was not anywhere near the hospital I was supposed to give birth at. So I ended up at a hospital that I didn't know. But the hospital that I ended up just, I think it's God's working, is the specialized hospital. So they specialize in mothers and children. So I actually ended up in the best possible place I could be for the circumstances that I had. But even when I got admitted into hospital, it was for observation, basically, because my bleeding actually subsided quite a lot. So they just kept me in overnight just to make sure everything was fine. And everything seemed like it was fine until I woke up the next morning by my placenta abrupting for the second time. And they were like, we have to take this baby out. 
And I just remember saying to them, there's no way that this baby can survive. How can you take the baby out now? And they're like, it's either we take him out and he has a chance at surviving or we leave him in and he's not going to survive. And I literally just had a five minute window to phone my husband and literally just said to him, they're taking the baby out. And that was it. And I went in and they put me under. So I did not see my baby when he was born. I did not know if my baby was alive when he was born. And so when I woke up, but that's when I found out that he was okay. And I didn't see him for nine hours after he was born. And even though they told me your baby weighs one kilo, in my mind, I'm like, you know, one kilo, it's not that bad. But physically seeing him, I was not prepared. No one explained to me what a premature baby would look like. And he was just literally skin and bones because fat is one of the last things to develop in utero. And I'm telling you, there was more wires and nappy than there was baby. He was just so, so tiny. And by the time I got to see my baby, he was already on life support. He was on a ventilator. So in my mind, that just instantly spelled death to me. I have no other way to put it. And I just kept thinking the worst. So I didn't want to bond with my baby. I didn't want to get close to him. I couldn't even see him by myself in that four days that I was admitted into hospital. I wouldn't even go to the NICU unless my husband was with me. Because I was just like, you know, if you need to prepare yourself, you need to prepare yourself, you need to prepare yourself. And I think it's only when he came off of the vent that I finally was like, look, this boy is fighting. So now you also have to fight. And I think that's where my I took a turn in my way of thinking and started to embrace the journey a bit. Wow. Going through one trauma to the next can really mentally challenge you, can't it? Can make you think, oh my gosh, what if my baby doesn't survive? He's got a small chance of living. What am I going to do? What helped you get through that tough mental battle in your mind from thinking negative to positive? Because I'm sure there's many mums and, and even dads going for a tough NICU experience now that maybe thinking, what am I going to do? I keep getting calls from the NICU staff saying, my tiny tot's not going to live. What am I going to do? How did you get through that and what helped you? Honestly, my husband, first and foremost, his faith was so strong and he was so steadfast in it, whereas I was on the opposite spectrum. I was so angry at God. I was questioning everything. Like, And a lot of people wouldn't believe it, but because I had so much time alone, just me and the baby and God, having these conversations with him, like, why me? Why us? And it was revealed to me why, why that happened. So I understood then why it happened. And I just, I just started putting my faith in him, but support. We had family support, which helped so much. I even didn't even want to tell people that my baby had been born, but I'm glad that one of my family members did because then everybody started praying for us. And I saw the power of prayer and numbers. The more people prayed, the more my baby fought, the better he got. And every day when we would walk into the NICU, we would say a prayer before we started our day. And every evening when we would leave, we would say a prayer. And I feel that that really, really helped. And of course, having other mommies there that I could speak to, even though I don't think we all really went into too much detail at that time. I think we were all also just surviving on adrenaline at that time. But it just helped knowing that 
there's another mommy and you got to know people and see faces. So when you would see each other, even if it was just in passing, it would be like, you know, I don't know, in solidarity. And eventually we started building up uh, friendships and talking and discussing a bit more. So that really, really helped as well. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to build friendships during that time when you feel alone and especially in your darkest moments where you don't know not what to do and you feel hopeless. You know, and it's so easy to question God, thinking, God, why me? Absolutely. You know, why now? Wrong timing. But, you know, Jeremiah says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his thoughts towards us are good and to bring us an expected end. Let's turn the page from dark chapter to a chapter of, of hope. What was it like when you finally saw the light bulb moment of your son? beginning to turn around of course prayers helped as you said you know prayers helped to get through that dark hour and of course being around other parents going through the same situation but what were some triumph moments of your son JJ doing well in in ICU and what turning points would you say really gave you that glimpse of hope that my son's going to make it in all honesty like I don't think I truly, truly comprehended that he was going to be okay until that day when they said, you can take your baby home. Because the journey was so, such a roller coaster. Like he went through so many things. Like one of the biggest things that he struggled with was to breathe. And he suffered from apnea of prematurity, which is because his brain was too immature to send the signal that you need to breathe. He would just stop breathing randomly. And so like, my job for the most part on those days when I was sitting there was to make sure that my baby continued to breathe. So I would just sit there staring at him, making sure the chest is going up and down, check the stats on the monitor. Sometimes it would give a false reading and no, he is still breathing. And other times he would stop breathing. And I remember there was one time, and I'd been doing this for weeks already, when he stopped breathing and his stats dropped so low and I froze. And I literally, he was in single digits when I was able to unfreeze myself to get help. So there wasn't really a turning point. Like when he got better, and it was, I think, a two-week window where everything just started happening rapidly. He ended up breathing on his own. One day I walked in, there were no breathing apparatus. The next day I walked in and he had been transferred to the breastfeeding room so I could now directly breastfeed. The next day I walked in and he didn't need an acne monitor anymore. He stopped having apneas. So as much as it was a roller coaster, when the final stretch came, like everything just started happening so fast that I just couldn't believe that it was actually happening, to be quite honest. Yeah. What was it like when he was discharged? What was that moment for you? I bet it was a moment of joy and relief that he made through those darkest moments. What was it like bringing him home? Your little bundle of joy. So the hospital that we were in kind of has like a three-phase level. So we started out in the NICU and then we moved to the premature unit. And then they have the kangaroo mother care unit where you go in and you literally do skin to skin 24 hours with your baby. So we were in the KMC unit only for 48 hours before we got discharged because he just needed a couple of grams more in order to reach the goal weight. 
And we ended up coming home a day earlier than anticipated. So it was actually a shock when the doctor came in that morning and was like, you guys are going home today. And I remember I phoned my husband, I think, a hundred times. Be like, you better come. You better come. You better come. Because I kept thinking they're going to change their minds and be like, no, we made a mistake. You guys need to, to stay another day. I could not get out of there fast enough the day or this that we could go home. I was like, and as I walked out of there, I'm like, God, may I never, ever have to bring my baby back here because he is ill. That was my prayer the day I left. And touch wood, we never had to go back because that he got terribly ill, readmitted or anything. Yeah, must have been such a wonderful moment for you, you know, bringing miracle that you helped to birth into the world home and, you know, that he defied the odds after all and that, you know, God was clearly on your side. It was very, very scary. I won't lie. Also, I had another child at home. So that time where we were in hospital, I just, I couldn't focus on being a mom to two. I had to really just focus on the one. And that's where the village came in. Like my mom stepped in to be mom, my elder child in that time while I was running up and down to the hospital. So even for him, it was a surprise because like I said, we came home earlier. So we surprised him with the baby. It was the magnificent thing ever. But then we went, then a new fear sets in. Because now you're with this baby and you don't want this baby sick. And so we came home and we went straight into isolation. We did not have any visitors. We didn't allow people to come and see our baby. And we just focused on him growing. And how is JJ doing now? He is doing so well. He is now five years old. And look, we have definitely experienced the side effects of being born prematurely. He has recently been diagnosed with mild hypertonic cerebral palsy. But because of the work that I have had the fortune of doing, I was able to pick up on some things. Whereas, you know, if you are not privy to such information, they might might be things that you must, because it's so subtle and because his condition is so mild, it's not very easily noticeable. So I think that's one of the things. It caught us off guard and it didn't catch us off guard because I knew something was up. I just didn't know what the something was. So now that we do know what it is, we are now working on improving it. And, you know, the type of CP he has is low, weak muscles. So we're working on building up his muscle strength. Oh, yeah, but step by step, he'll get there and he'll continue to define the answer and shine like the stuff. Yeah. People. Yeah. You're just a mum. You're a mumpreneur. <laughs> I have. Yes. And you've launched a governmental organization called Preemie Connects. Would you like to tell us what that is about? Absolutely. So Preemie Connect, we are a parent-led organization that provides support, education, and raises awareness for prematurity. And the way that it came about was through our NICU journey. There was a small group of ladies that I did really form a very good bond with. And so when we got discharged, I started this little WhatsApp group. And there were only five of us at that time. And it was awesome. You know, we would exchange messages at 2 a.m. while we're doing our feeds. And if we had any questions or problems, like my baby's not doing this or that, you know, those were the ladies that I could turn to. 
But as the babies grew, some of the mummies fell to the wayside. And I found that I still needed support and I still had questions. And so I went in search of a South African-based support group. And when I tell you there was nothing, I literally went around the world looking for a support group. And eventually I was like, something's got to give. And then I'm like, instead of me searching for a needle in a haystack, why did I not start my own? And that's how Premier Connect came to be. I love that. And I love how, you know, your journey going through the NICU inspired to launch this group. What setbacks have you had launching Premier Connect? And I know every business is different and you're going to have challenges along the way but that's how you know something's meant to be great right and meant to cause impact how did you manage to get through setbacks of launching premium connects and even after launching it what setbacks have you had i know covid impacted a lot of organizations as well tell us about that and how you rose above the setback so I actually didn't really want to become a registered organization. Unfortunately, because we were trying to reach moms in the NICU, overcoming red tape, I had to register the organization. So I ended up stepping into a field that I know nothing about. I'm still learning daily about it because it's just, it's a whole different ball game. Like it wasn't something that I signed up for. I don't really know the ins and outs of running a nonprofit. So it's been a learning curve. We have gone through a number of board members because you have to have board members. You know, sometimes people have passion for something, but then don't realize the kind of work that goes on behind the scenes. So I've been through it in that regard. And then at the end of 2019, because the idea was always to have in-person support groups, like the Premier Connect vision was to have a support group in every hospital that has a NICU. And so in 2019, towards the end of 2019, we launched our first in-person support group. But then, of course, COVID happened right after that. So we weren't able to do any in-person groups. And also, I ended up having my third baby in between that time. So... <laughs> I basically couldn't be going out to see mummies. So we continue to do our online support, which has been phenomenal. But also because of all the restrictions that COVID has brought, it's been hard to reach the mummies directly. So we've been relying on the connections that we have made with hospitals for them to relay the information. But it's always nice to do it in person, at least to have an introduction so that mummies know who you are, know your story. And because of access, not everybody has access to platforms like this, unfortunately. And as much as we try to raise awareness online, we we don't get to reach as many people as we would like to. But yeah, you're still going, which is the main thing. Even for COVID, even for having another baby, congratulations. You are truly a super mom. And thank you. You're doing ever so well. What impact has Premier Connects had? Because I've seen by your page, just already doing well in some areas and you're already raising awareness in the right areas, whether it's education, whether it's trying to build a community, like you said, within the hospitals and supporting the NICU mum groups. What impact has it had so far? Definitely we have 
been able to get a seat at some of the biggest tables. I've done some phenomenal work with the World Health Organization. We are official parent representatives for the Global Alliance of Newborn Care, which is the parent patient part of EFCNI, who are the, they created World Prematurity Day. So we have, and we've done local work with our National Department of Health. We actually got, COVID actually helped in that regard to bring a whole bunch of stakeholders on online to rewrite the new maternal health policy, which was phenomenal. I got to learn so much and we got to give premier parents a voice where they wouldn't have had a voice. So that has been great. And I mean, we've done the Survive and Thrive report in 2019. That was also really, really awesome. And we are actually about to do our first ever presentation for Doctors Without Borders for their pediatric day. So I'm excited and nervous and working very hard on that one. So yes, we've done a lot of work, but on the ground is where, where my passion lies. Like I like to have that face to face guiding the mommies through their journeys. And look, even in our own little network, our moms do refer other moms. And I've also been able to meet some wonderful moms now in South Africa who are also doing the same thing as I am. So it's so nice to get that network going. And we're all speaking with one accord and we're all trying to get the same end result, which is so awesome. Wow. I'm just amazed. Just Taking it all in, honestly, that is some major achievements there so far. Wow. So I can say, wow, for what does it feel like? You know, because when you raise awareness and help bring hope through this venture, I'm sure it's such a wonderful feeling. What does it feel like on the recipient end of receiving messages that you do of how you impacted moms or in the community? And when you see those achievements come to fruition, how does that feel? It makes me feel like God knew what he was doing when he did what he did. It, it's a very, at times it can be a very thankless job just because like what happened in our instance, and it's something that I've had to learn to live with. As the babies grow and get better, and so the mummies tend to pull away. So that's one of the things that I had to and I'm still learning to deal with because at the back of your mind, you're always thinking, oh, I wonder how that baby is doing. And I wonder how that mommy is doing, you know, but some things do come to an end. And then there are some mommies who I've been with them from day one and we are still going through the journey together. And there's also the other side of prematurity and that's dealing with the loss. So that also takes its own emotional toll. I feel like every time we lose a baby, like a small part of me dies as well. And that's what keeps us pushing. Like no baby should have to die. You know, we would love for all of them to survive and thrive. That's the goal. That is the goal. And you basically answer the next question. <laughs> what are your future goals? Definitely, we still, we still want to do the support group thing. That, that is the core of, of what we want to do. But we're not putting any limits because as God has shown, there are no limits. I thought like the World Health Organization won the top of the, the cake. I was like, when that happened, I was like, I've done it. I've made it. But he just keeps on bringing more things. So 
I'm just going wherever I'm being led to the world to be fine. You see, the key word you said there, there are no limits. With God, there are no limits. Just when you think that you've reached the top, he'll just open another door for you that's bigger and better than you expected. And I really feel in my heart that this will not only make impact within South Africa, but all over the world. Definitely. The best you get to that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. The whole world is yours, literally. Thank you for those kind words. You're very welcome. How do you balance running a non-governmental organization and online store as well? Like to share with us what that is about, but also being a mum to three beautiful children. <laughs> it is not easy. It's not easy at all. And as much as we had such a wonderful support network in the beginning of our prematurity journey, that network, that support system has fallen with regards to having physical help. So currently it's just me and my hubby. And he has a very, very demanding job. <laughs> so I tend to find myself juggling it a lot on my own. And it's just about prioritizing, to be quite honest. First and foremost, I'm a mom, and that's my most important role. And like having a preemie comes with its own set of schedule. My preemie still has a lot of follow-up appointments that he has to go to. So we still, we're doing physio, we're doing OT, we're doing speech, we're doing podiatry, we're going for neurodevelopment clinics. So uh, if it wasn't for a calendar, I wouldn't be able to keep it all together. <laughs> I have to sh literally schedule everything. And then of course, my oldest son has his schooling activities and stuff as well. So they always come first and then I prioritize everything else. And I'll always tell people, you know, when they ask of me to do something, like, this is my situation. Like, there are times where I have to, we, we have a World Prematurity Day event coming up. And because I don't have childcare, I have to go with my little one with, and I just, I just let people know, like, this is the situation and it, they want us. <laughs> this is the package deal that it comes with. And then I just try to, like if I've got something serious happening and I know this needs to be done at a certain time, then I say to my husband, like, look, I need some time where I need to sit and work on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then he'll take the kids and we're managing. It's difficult, but we are managing. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, especially being a nomad. Oh, why? And then I decided to go and launch this online store. <laughs> which I didn't realize the amount of time and effort and marketing that is required for that. So that's kind of on the back burner. Like when I do get the chance, I, I push time and effort into that, but I haven't really been focusing on, on it the way I would like to. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> it's not easy, but we'll get there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do you? ever have time to unwind and, and rest? If so, like, what's that? <laughs> At the moment, no, there just really isn't time for that, to be quite honest. So like we try and make our weekends not so hectic and just try and be as present as we can with our kids, but also like try and squeeze in like 
I believe in naps. <laughs> so that's my self-care on the weekend. Gets to a certain time, I make everybody go and have a nap <laughs> just so that we can refuel for the next week. I love that. Rest is key, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> we all eat up beauty sleep. True. <laughs> she being a mom of three and having a hectic schedule and being a wife as well, you know, it's definitely needed. Absolutely. <laughs> so you are an inspiration being a mom of three, running a couple of organizations and being a wife. What advice would you give to other moms? that want to launch an organization but feel like they can't afford hesitant to because they got a lot on their plate and they feel like they won't do well in it or they won't have the right balance, what advice would you say to them? Follow your heart and follow your gut. It will never, ever lead you astray. But also, you don't necessarily have to start your own organization. Like I said, the network has grown, so there's always ways of, giving back or being involved by reaching out through someone else, through other organizations, or by just sharing your story, you'd be amazed at what just telling your story can do for another person. I, I That's why I, I love sharing my story. Every I can't say it gets easier every time sharing it, but I know that by sharing it, that definitely at least there's one person that I'm speaking to that I resonate with, and you never know that that what you're saying or doing could just be the thing that that parent needs at that time. So, yeah, you don't have to go and start an organization, but if you want to, <laughs> make sure that you have the right key players on your side. <laughs> I just make life a little bit easier and just know that it's going to take up, especially in the beginning, every bit of free time that you have in order to do it. But the, the the reward of helping somebody else and just being there for someone in a way that maybe you didn't have it makes the it makes the world of difference. Definitely. Oh, my heart is so full. I'm so glad. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so awesome. So awesome. I mean, your story is just as phenomenal, so don't ever discredit yourself. But yes, I won't. This has honestly brought me so much joy, and I know that you've inspired quite a few people. I know you have, you know, to keep going. And just because you go through one tragedy, you can still bounce back from it, and you can still share your story with others to uplift them with hope, no matter what circumstance they're in. Or even what Abs. circumstance you're in, in, in the mental mind, like you can still use your story to encourage other people. Absolutely. And there's so much support out there. There are so many people out there that are sharing their stories. And yeah, just you just have to reach out. That's it. And I mean, even if, you know, you reach out to me and you're based somewhere else and you would like a connection with someone in your community, it's always possible. Us to find that connection for you, but don't don't keep it to yourself. You don't have to do this alone. Prematurity is hard. It is so hard. It does not end when you leave the NICU, and you just need to know that you are your baby's advocate. You are your baby's voice, 
never ever be afraid to speak up for your child. Follow that gut. Sometimes, you know, just because somebody has trained in something doesn't mean that they know it all. And you are your baby's advocate. You are the experts on your child. Nobody can tell you about that. So advocates and the more information, knowledge is power, right? Even though the best advice I got at the time of our journey was from our doctor that said, you know, don't go Google things. And at that time, it did help not Googling while I was in the hospital because really it would have driven me crazy. But now I'm able, it's good to know that you have those tools available to you if you're unsure of something, you know, and information is changing all the time. I think one of the greatest phenoms to come out of COVID is that they've realized now that skin-to-skin contact should be initiated immediately. So advocate for that because you would be surprised at the power of appearance touch. And that can actually prevent more complication as opposed from you being separated from your baby. So just speak up, follow your gut, and ask questions. If you don't understand something, ask. Even if you have to ask the same question a hundred times to get an answer in the way that you understand, do it. I did that. I still do. I still ask a million questions. (laughs) And yeah, like, just know that you're not alone. That's the most important. Beautiful words of encouragement. Tasman, do you want to share with everybody where they can find you and Premi Connect? Absolutely. So we are available on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our Facebook community is our biggest community at the moment. That's where we started. That's where the support group launched. We do not have a website just because I haven't had the time to do one, to be quite honest. <laughs> but you'll find everything that we're doing, all our campaigns, all of that will be on our social medias. And yeah, that's how you can connect with us. You'll get our WhatsApp contact if you would like to join our support group. Or you're always welcome to DM me to have one-on-one counseling. Awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Tasman all the way from South Africa, who's a mum of three, a wife, a mumpreneur, and she is just an inspiration. And thank you for taking the time out to listen to her wonderful story. And I know that she's got much more that's destined ahead of her. So do follow her, do keep up to date with her and Premi Connects, and I will assure you, you will not be disappointed for us to come in store for her in the future so thank you for joining me today thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you i hope you're inspired by today's podcast stay tuned for next week's episode and it was a pleasure to have you listening in and, and tuning in so i appreciate it and love you guys bye